morning to you. A happy Friday. It's Bruce and Judy. Congratulations. You made it to the weekend. Some of you, nip and tuck, weren't sure you were going to be here, but look at you. Outstanding. The weather is going to be absolutely crazy. I think that's the best way to put it. We're actually going to be talking with uh, Ray Stagic from the Weather Show a little bit later. Right. Get a little bit Is of he the, to blame? Uh, yeah, maybe he can I define a snow time. squall, which yeah. we're supposed to get. <sighs> I, always, yeah. I love those, whatever they are. Seriously, I'm still nursing my sunburn from earlier this week. Now i got to worry about frostbite. <laughs> I cannot keep track of this. I don't, I don't have the range of clothes required for this. Uh, <laughs> leave it to, uh, and I, I can understand, when you talk about best pizza, it's subjective. I, I'll acknowledge that. But you know what? When you talk about pizza anywhere around the country, Chicago pizza is right at the top of the list. Whether it's your deep dish or whether it's your thin crust, it's kind of like part of the the fabric of Chicago. So how are we back to this horrific thing from studies, from the people that do studies that say Detroit is the pizza capital? This is an outrage. An outrage. I, I'm not as outraged as, about that as I am that Chicago is 14th on the list. Ooh. Norfolk is above us. Norfolk. I, I, I can't. Do get they past have it. pizza in Norfolk? Apparently, yeah, it's called one. Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love of God. Yeah. Okay. New York is not even in the top 15. So this wow. is obviously a really different kind of study. Yeah, I'm talking about people in Detroit. Well, I don't know, but maybe. People's tastes change things. I don't know what, because really, this uh, it's a pretty thorough study. It was based on a lot of different things, which may Not have just hurt taste. the city. Not just taste, affordability, pricing, you know, location, how many fast food pizza places. Yeah, there were a lot went into it. So I think, but like you said, it's subjective. If they just did it on taste, we'd get we get answers from all over the place again. There's they, no good way to do it. They they also looked at. Pizza restaurants per 100,000 residents. Yeah. Like, how dense is your pizza restaurant? Exactly. Pizza Google density. Trends. Pizza density. Yeah. This is my favorite. Google Trends interested in general pizza terms. Oh, so depending on where you live and what you type You're Googling in. Googling yeah. pizza? If you do, yeah. If you, is sausage good? Is cheese? Should there be cheese on pizza? Then they take that and they add it into the study. So, yeah. T- take this with a grain of pizza. Oh. But, yeah. We are pretty low on the list. And Jeez. the ones above us are Tampa. What? Providence. Come on. Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island finishes seventh on the top cities for pizza. Well, right after Detroit, Cleveland and Columbus. Yeah, this is just Michigan, (laughs) Ohio. I've had it with these. The cabal. All those people in those places when we're always at the top are saying... I've had it. Chicago, really? What's the uh, the the Detroit pizza here we can get? Uh, uh, you get Jets. 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 Yeah, and I Jets love, is really good. It's I a solid Jets. pizza. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And you I know like what? the cheesy crust. The I like yeah. the square. And square. And I know that's Detroit style, right? Yes. Square, it's I, all square. Yeah. I got to tell you guys, I don't have it a lot because I, it's just not around here because it's Detroit. But when I do, I, I kind of love it. It's good pizza. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to lie. We did a, I mean, we, we did a, uh, a field trip. <laughs> Jets. We walked over. I think and, it was free pizza got, day. It was free yeah. pizza day. But, and you know That's they right. put they, the, free they put the day. cheese on and it, it like hardens over the sides. Okay, it's now so you're crusty. making a lot of It's. I could yeah. use some. You know, what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna get Jets tonight. Wow. 
All right. Well, D- Detroit. And again, this wasn't In honor Detroit. Of this study, I'm getting jets. It wasn't Detroit style pizza. It was the city of Detroit, uh, at least as far as they're concerned, for the top city for pizza based on a variety of metrics, which is a fancy word for math, including pizza restaurants per person, how much the average person spends on pizza, the price of pizza in your city. So. Yeah. They look so at they rank high on those metrics. Yeah. Pizza restaurants per square mile. I would love to know who had to go do that, you know. Some poor guy. Some guy, you know, <laughs> probably guy. an intern just walking around like, all right, there's one and there's two. Two, okay. And three. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Right. This is probably some grad student's uh, thesis. This probably yeah. was a thesis. There you go. I hope they got an A. <laughs> yeah. really doctor did. of pizza. In pizza yes. they did. You know now a doctor. <laughs> Have you guys ever had St. Louis pizza? What is St. Louis pizza? Ah. It is. It is. The and cheese is awful. It is. It's. Okay. It's, it's like. I mean, it's not. They can hear us in St. Louis. I know. Well, hi, yeah. St. Louis. Okay. The pizza's terrible. It's okay. terrible. They use this stuff called Provel cheese. I don't know what that is. It's basically a science experiment. Think okay. of think of Frankenstein, but uh, with cheese. It's like. Um, Liquid plastic? Yeah. What? That is hardened? <laughs> you might as well be putting easy cheese on top of... Yeah. Do people in St. Louis like this pizza? Yeah, they oh, love yeah. it. It's this place called Emo's Pizza. I want to say it's... Yeah, Emo's Pizza. Emo's. Mm-hmm. It's really popular in St. Louis. I've got buddies that live in St. Louis. I've gone to visit I Swear them. by it. Swear by it. We got to get... Emo- oh, yeah, we got to go to Emo's. I'm like, why? You guys got fantastic barbecue. You got, fanta- you got fantastic Italian, toasted ravioli, all this other great stuff. Why do I have to get this terrible yeah. style of pizza? And the crust is like a cracker, like a club cracker. Yeah, oh. not even like good thing crust. Like yeah, you like that's Bruce, the you worst. Mm. It's too light and airy and crackery. Okay, well, I appreciate the heads up. If yeah. I ever find myself <laughs> stranded in in St. Louis, <laughs> don't eat the St. Louis style pizza. But what is what is Quad Cities pizza? Like everybody's trying to come up with their own pizza now, right? I think they've realized, like you know, Chicago's kicking our butts on this. This whole pizza Well, scale. apparently we're not. We're 15. You know? the, now they're saying Detroit. Uh, what is quad? Quad cities style pizza. Okay, well, talk about the crust. Quad city style is flavored with malt, syrup, or molasses. What? To give it a nutty kind of sweetness. I, when you first see here, you're like, Ugh. but then I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of does sound good. Mm. Here's my issue. It's the way they cut it. They use these huge scissors. I mean, like, uh, what was the movie? Edward Scissors hand? Edward Scissors. I swear <laughs> to God, that's what they look like. They're these metal, I mean, I, I think it's a tool. It's I don't even know what this is. And they don't and they, do triangles. No, they, they don't do, do squares. Strips. Yeah, they, they cut it like all the way across the pizza in one line and but, just keep uh, keep going. So you have these long strips of pizza. It's dumb. Like they're just trying that. to be different to be exactly. different, aren't they? Exactly. That's what like, I think. We couldn't we could we we tried to make it into circles, into donut holes and we it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, so we just how, went long ways. That's how I cut my pizza for my kids when they were little and then, you know, the the worst, cheapest frozen pizza. That's what it reminds me of. I'm like I'm not doing that. No. Skinny strips in opposite directions. Mm. Just because you're a place, you know, obviously the Quad Cities is a place that people go to visit. They live there. Just because you are an area that is recognized as being distinct doesn't mean that you have a distinct no. style of pizza. No. They argue that, that that if you cut it long ways into strips, that every bite has a little bit of crust and a little bit of the middle. That's bullpucky. I agree. I don't believe that. Mm. I agree. You got to cut it into squares. It only makes sense intended. on paper. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because then otherwise you don't get those fun little triangle bits, you know? The really yeah. it's I like love all and the try crust. holding that that long strip. It it's, doesn't it, flop it, all it over flops the place. Right over and the cheese comes off anyway. It's the dumbest thing ever. Again, going to Quad Cities, not having your pizza. It looks horrible. What are you people doing? Take that, Davenport. Yeah. <laughs> hey, East Moline, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing, buddy? And East they can Moline. Hear us, by the way, they can hear us there all. Yes, yeah. They well, they got to step up their ga- East we Moline. Are, we, are, we are creating enemies all across the Midwest. That's outstanding. We've now got St. Louis and Quad Cities going against us for their abomination of what they've done to pizza, for goodness sakes. A staple, uh, if you will. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we have the Quad City style. I just think it, it, it strikes me that everybody's just trying to have their own thing. Well, I mean, yeah. Taco we got to be different. And we got to be different to be different. You can get anything on your pizza now. I'm not adventurous when it comes saw, to pizza. I just saw pizza dessert. Okay, they look kind of good. But... You that does a pizza salad. I mean, it's like what? cream cheese instead of cheese. Okay. And then they load it up with veggies. And okay, well, that's I like that. salad, they yeah. call it. That's an appetizer that's been around forever. Oh, that's because they had the pizzuki. We had the pizza cookie. The what now? Pizza, pizza cookie, pizzuki, pizzuki. You never had wow. a pizzuki? No. What is no. that? No. Okay, you, you guys go. need to get you, out more often. Oh, oh right. <laughs> so, now you're going to defend a dumb thing. So imagine a skillet, okay, like a small skillet, uh, eight inch, nine inch round skillet, mm-hmm. and uh, you put uh, a chocolate chip cookie dough in it, Ooh. and you you bake it, and then you put ice cream on top, and they bring it to you in the skillet. It's a pizza cookie, pizzuki. Okay, I can get on board it's with pizza that. cookie. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. No. Square cut? You can cut it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> However I want. Cut it however you want. The word pizza, I, I just use a fork. I'm like, why waste time cutting it? I'm going to eat every last uh, crumb of this thing. For What's God's pizza sake. about that? Well, it's, made it's like round a pizza. and it's in a it's skillet. It's round and it's in a skillet. Yeah. Mm, nope, no it's pizza hoppings. in a skillet. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I like pizzuki. I think it's just fun to say. It's a, it's a good treat. I'm with. I didn't make it up. Yeah. I'm not no, that clever. No. I promise. <laughs> You're just spreading the good word. Pizzuki, pizza cookie. But I'm not bound with pizza salad. Pizzalad. Pizzalad. Yeah. I'd go for that. Yeah, you can have that. And a good morning to you and a, a happy Friday. And the No Spin Zone with Bill O'Reilly is coming next week. Next Thursday. No Spin Zone live with Bill O'Reilly at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. It's Thursday night, March 31st. All right. Tickets available at WSAM.com and at the Genesee Theater box office. And we have free tickets coming up a little bit later. Just saying. You get yourself hooked up. You and your friends go and check out Bill O'Reilly next Thursday night. Uh, up in Waukegan. All right. Um, so I'm the guy that doesn't drink, but I can see genius, and I can admit it when I see it. I see a lot of people at the dog parks, even when it's cold outside, doesn't matter. If it's super hot and, and humid, doesn't matter. Fido needs to go out and get exercise and go for a walk, right? And a lot of times, at least at the dog parks I see around here or the people I see walking dogs, the owner doesn't look nearly as excited as the dog. <laughs> this is for the dog. This is not for the owner. The owner is on their phone, master, whatever, you know, uh, hairless ape, which I think the dogs <laughs> think of us as. Uh, they're on their phone. They're playing around. They're talking, whatever, that and the other. So what, what could combine these two things? We'll leave it to Florida, where sit, shake, drink is a thing. <laughs> dog park bars. 
hmm. where your dog can wander around, socialize with other dogs, and you can have a brewski at the same time. It is genius. I have already seen this in other places. I was in outside of Dallas last year and at a park, and you know, a bar park. There were dogs everywhere. It was the best thing ever. Now, here's the only issue. You know, it's like people who have kids. They think their kids are great. They forget the bad stuff. Okay. It's the same thing with a dog. Your, sometimes your dog should not be in public, <laughs> let alone at a bar. You know well, what I mean? Well, the dog's not drinking, Judy. I'm going to say. Well, the dog needs your a dog drink has sometimes. a drinking problem. I mean, I'm sorry to break it to you. Well, they're just some dogs, they're not, they shouldn't be there. And people don't get it. They're like, well, my dog's great. No, your dog's vicious and is attacking other dogs and is barking. Yeah, you get in a boozy and you won't even notice. So yeah. you're, you're fine. You notice when your dog's chewed on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I finally took my dog to the mall. I felt, I don't know, I just felt a little guilty. Some people don't like it. I get it. But there are were... Are most malls let dogs just in? I, I, don't, I, I just don't hang yes. out a lot of malls anymore, yep. I guess. And, so I started seeing this last hmm. year, and I was like, what are these dogs? Are these like, you know, the the dogs people need the, what are they called? The um, oh, service, service animals. Service animals. But then I was like, nah, that little pooch there is They're not. Just, just in a purse. So then I started realizing, and yeah, I, you can take your dogs anywhere. So I took my dog to the mall because it was freezing out, and he did need to get out and walk around. Okay. Um, you know, I brought... Plus, he needed something at the limited. And, exactly, uh, and yeah. Order. There was a really a good dog sale. dog likes orange Julius really and Cinnabon. Macy's, so. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I brought plenty of, you know, bags and uh, could clean up stuff just in case because my dog likes oh my to God. mark. Well, that's the other thing. I just was like, what... What would, you, what would you do? The dog he just started just like right up. in the middle of the yeah, mall. The dogs, I mean, the, the malls are totally right. equipped to have dogs. Really? Not only that, your dog can go in a store. If there's a little sticker on the on the front of the window that says I dog should... friendly, you can walk in. Now I mean, that I just didn't do. I need to pay more close attention. Well, yes. I, again, I don't have a dog. But my so point is there were it. some people there with their dog and they shouldn't have been. Okay. If my dog had started to act up, I would have left immediately. I'm not. I'm not doing that. But other people, they don't care. Well, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, though, that, again, that it's Florida that that went from you can bring your dog to the bar to we're going to create a bar around dogs, uh, around your dog park. But what else could be made better? I mean, using this theory, what else could be made better by adding a bar to it? Daycare. Yeah, every... <laughs> daycare. Yeah. For the kids For the or the kids parents? For the kids the exactly. For the workers. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to play uh, red light, green yeah. light. Just go on over there. Hold on one second. So I had a million-dollar idea back in the day. Uh, and my million-dollar idea was um, we were going to have a laundry with a bar attached to it. Uh, and it was a million-dollar idea until I found out somebody had already done it and called it Suds and Duds. Mm, <laughs> nice. And I don't even I, drink. I, I, but I remember going to the laundromat yeah. and going, this is, this is crap. We need to do something. And it was like, we need to put video games in here. No, we need a bar. Let's run with that idea. All right. I've got a great idea. I can't believe it. I don't think it's being done yet. Funeral homes, they should have everything right there. You go, you're in the room, you're viewing the body, you got have it. your wake, and then you just walk next door and have your party, Oof. which is what we call it in my world. A luncheon, yeah. maybe. A luncheon, right, but the bar, and you know, you should be able to drink at All a wake. one-stop one shop. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what wakes you're going to, Judy, but there's definitely drinking at my wakes. Are yeah. they at, in the actual place? We always have to oh, walk yeah. next door to the bar. Because, you know, yeah. did you notice yeah. most funeral homes are on the same block as a bar? <laughs> 
I kid you not. Smart. <laughs> we yeah. go down and Thinking have, ahead. yeah, you're, see, you're doing the Irish wake there, Tom. But, yeah, we go to the bar. And it's like, just bring the bar in. Hmm. Have your bar right there. Okay. Yeah, drown your sorrows. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> yeah. you need something to toast. Okay. Good. All right. right. Yeah, I think that. So add a bar to the funeral. Have home. your food. They have everything right there. Okay, that's serve one. your lunch. You're done. <laughs> I mean, right. you don't even have to leave. You go to one place, one stop shopping. I'm just trying to think of other places you go. One and final you, stop shopping. And you and you just you got to sit around. You got to do nothing, and it would be made better with a bar. Uh, does IKEA serve alcohol? They serve meatballs. Yeah, meatballs yeah. made of like horse or whatever. Uh, DMV. DMV would be great with her. Oh, okay, wow. no, absolutely the not. State That's of like Illinois? a bar at the post office. No. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> I like will this. Be blood. I like this. There will be blood. Here's what I like about it. Imagine the pictures. Imagine <laughs> your driver's license photo after you've been waiting an hour and a half at the DMV and you've possibly imbibed. All right? Yeah. That would be fantastic. That is a you know what the state of Illinois we figured out how to make money off of the weed right uh, with with legalizing weed we got gambling and we're gonna have casinos coming why not bars down at the uh, at, at the motor vehicle can you imagine the uh, driving instructors <laughs> yeah we're... you're the designated driver too hey make a pit stop in that Wendy's over there come on I'm, I'm oh my god that is perfect. Oh, I think that it's another million-dollar idea, Nick. Look at that. You're just giving them out. <laughs> yeah, just handing them just out. Just handing out million-dollar ideas. And that's why Nick knows best, I guess. Nick knows yep. best. He does. Okay. So, uh, well, Florida has, uh, has, has started the trend, and we desperately need that here. The dog park bar. So you There's can drink. There's one coming soon. Yeah, it has to I'm be. I'm not kidding. There is. I, I looked it up. Yeah. So you can, uh, you can drink while Fido socializes with other dogs. Right? Yeah. Two then, birds, one stone. You can maybe meet a, a nice other dog owner, you know? There you go. Yeah, get your a... uh, leashes, you know, wrapped around each other. And, oh, oh, sorry. Please. Can I buy you a Excuse doggy me. Cosmo? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's still time for our criminal of the day. I get to give a shout out to the yet unnamed Clearwater, Florida man who fell in love with the guitar. I'm sorry. Just notes. Fell into the guitars. Allegedly, our music aficionado broke into the Sam Ash music store through a window located near the roof, three stories above the display floor. As he attempted to navigate around a small perimeter ledge, he lost his balance and fell. Three stories! Don't worry, the ground broke his fall. That and a guitar display display that he crashed through. It was at this point that the bleeding and bruised burglar decided to give up on the caper just go home but not being able to climb back up the three-story roof uh to make his escape he went full rock and roll and tossed an amplifier through a glass front door allowing him to limp back to his car leaving a trail of blood the entire way police reviewed surveillance video and clearly identified the man in his car and then used dna analysis from the bloody scene to confirm his connection to the hijinks get it hi jinx anyone <laughs> Our guitar hero is facing a burglary charge as well as an additional count for breaking into a trailer outside the store prior to his fall. Oh. So for going all, I believe I can fly into a guitar display, <laughs> you, Florida man, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Friday. Here's what we got coming up this hour. Are you tired of over-tipping? Many of you, after two years of opening your wallets and paying a little bit extra to help folks out, but 
Have we been overpaying for basic service? We're going to talk about it at 645. And those spring showers have arrived. Your weather outlook with meteorologist Ray Stajic is coming up at 630. That's to help you plan for your weekend. And Metro warns about a merger that could make your morning commute miserable or more miserable for some of you, especially if you hate getting stuck waiting for freight trains. Yeah, we got more on that in just a few minutes. But first, COVID testing and treatment sites have lost federal funding, which means those without insurance will soon be paying out of pocket. Is that a mistake or is it proof that we're just moving on? What's your take? 312-591-8900. So this all has to do with, you know, government spending and and whatnot. But basically, uh, the, the testing sites, treatment sites, and if I understand correctly, even the vaccine itself will no longer be free starting April 5th. Right. So get you got to get your shots, your boosters, your tests in before then. Um, the program has already stopped uh, accepting claims for testing and treatment. So, I mean, it's, it's n- well on its way. There's going to be no reversal. It's been in place for you know, at least two years now, right? Yeah. I, you know what my question, yeah. though, is to listeners, 312-591-8900. If you're not vaccinated and you know this program's wrapping up, will you get vaccinated now before? Knowing you'd free? have to pay? Right. Will you get vaccinated now for free or do you, are you just done with the whole vaccination thing? Do we know what the cost is going to be? No. And, well, and, and that's part of it. Well, because if you have insurance, there's a cost. Uh, sure, it's a uh, deductible, etc. Yeah. But you, you can run it through insurance if you don't have insurance in paying cash. Not sure exactly how much that is going to yeah. going to cost because you know those numbers move around. It, it, oh, it's, yeah. you know they, they don't have a menu up on the on the wall of the doctor's office ever. I've noticed that by the way. How much is it? I don't know how much you got. Yeah, and it's probably going to be comparable to the you know like a flu shot maybe. Okay. Although a lot of times those. They can't be that much. I only say that because there were times in my life, my working life, where my company would pay for that. They'd say free, free flu free shots. Flu oh, shots sure. At the, you know, so yeah. you know the company's never tried everything on. You know, that doesn't cost a lot. So I'm thinking they are, they're not that. But, but although that may have been a government funded effort as well to get people to get flu shots. I think the business just didn't want the flu going through the that business as well. Well, like you don't want COVID to go around, right? I mean, it's so will still companies out there. offer free COVID shots? Maybe. Hmm. Um, part of it also, though, is, and, and I admit I don't know the details of all this, but even the treatment for COVID patients has been covered in some ways. Some of these different therapies and treatments mm-hmm. have been paid for, especially if you aren't insured. So people that contracted COVID aren't getting a million-dollar hospital bill. Do, do you right. know what I mean? Well, that's going to change also. <laughs> you know, that's going to well, change as well. Are insurance companies going to... Here's remember early on we heard this that if you didn't get the vaccine and you got sick and had to go to the hospital, can insurance companies say we're, we're not going to cover that because you didn't get the vaccine? Hmm. Well, they haven't started asking, to the best of my knowledge. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know any other uh, insurance companies other than mine, but mine hasn't asked me if I'm. But you, you didn't, know what I'm you saying? didn't like, go to the hospital, right? right you didn't. Right, yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. I, you wonder if they can do that. If they can say, "Well, since you didn't get the vaccine, which we know mostly keeps people out of the hospital," yeah. Otherwise, there's, when you think about it, besides going to the hospital or taking one of those, you know, strange recourses, which I don't know that I would, to, to when you have the COVID. 
I mean, there is, you don't even take an antibiotic. When you get COVID, you just get through it. You just stay home and stay in bed and. Yeah. Will money be the, the motivator? You know, will money be the motivator that now either COVID therapy treatments, vaccines, testing are going to cost you money out of pocket? Um, is that the motivator for some people to to do something? The testing part is interesting because all I got to believe is that's just going to make fewer people get tested. Right. Absolutely. Right? I mean, if, if, yeah. if, well, it's going to cost you, I don't care what it is. For some people, 20 bucks, 10 bucks is going to be too much to ask you that noise. I can tell you the tests, because uh, I had to buy some, because when I had COVID recently. Um, and so like not, in the store? In the store, them? I get Walgreens. Okay. Um, I, and I did file to you know get reimbursed, but it was around 15 to $30. Okay. Uh, it was a very wide range. For eight bucks. Oh, eight bucks really? at CVS. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Then they, they must have gone down in price. But, but when you take those home tests, you're not reporting those numbers. So here's the no. other thing. So when they stop the free testing, because when you go to a test site, I believe they report those numbers Absolutely. in the state. Yep. Well, if that goes away, you got to pay for it. Nobody's getting tested that way. Now we don't have a handle on the numbers. We won't have the actual I mean, numbers. Well, at this point, I do think, we need a handle on the numbers? Yeah. I don't know. We but, right now don't have a handle on the numbers because the last five tests I took were at home. Yeah, right, right, I haven't right. gone to a test. You know, ever since we could do the it at home, sites? why would you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my God, sometimes those are like a nightmare. Well, maybe in another sign, you know, that we just don't need this anymore yeah. and that we're ready to move forward. Um, masks at airports and on airplanes. Mm. Uh, they were, it was extended 30 days, the mask mandate for public transportation, um, last week. It expires in mid April, but you have the airlines now, uh, some of the trade groups and the airlines themselves asking the government, to lift mask mandates for air travel immediately, like right now, making the argument that what I can I can go to a sporting event, I can go to a concert, I, I can go anywhere and not have to wear a mask. Why do I have to wear it at the airport? Well, it's like, isn't it April eighteenth? They were going to wait till anyway. I That's mean, what it was that, extended to. Yeah, so they're saying after that. Yeah, I mean, especially since they've started serving alcohol again. Right. There were well, a lot. Most unruly incidents were due to masks. So now add alcohol back into it, and maybe we should remove the masks. Yeah, well, I, I, I certainly don't think that part of it is that the airlines don't want to continue to be the mask police. You know, they, that's something they're just not interested in doing. But there is a consistency argument that goes along with this. You know, you can go through your entire day in Chicago. You can go damn near anywhere and not even think about or need a mask but you get to the the sliding doors at o'hara midway and you got to put a mask on just it doesn't make logical sense i'm around the same people right (laughs) it's not like i go to the airport and like look at these people they're from another planet well, and here's the thing. With no, the they're gov- from the target. With the government, especially, if you spent two years saying, follow the science, follow the science, well, now you have to follow the science. If the science says masks are no longer needed based on these metrics that you put into place, I mean, you're going to you're gonna have to follow the science. You can't say, oh, well, I think we should still just wear them. Here's, no. a, here's another argument. So, airplanes specifically have very high-tech air filtration systems built into them. 
always did, because uh, when you're flying and whatnot, and the air is filtered inside there. Their argument is, we have protective air filtration systems inside airplanes. You don't have them in all these other places. You don't require masks. Yeah. You, you could argue that we're the we're the first place you shouldn't have had a mask because we're the safest. Has anybody ever heard that airports or air airplanes were super spreader events? I haven't heard that. I mean, the only the only thing I can say is that there are so many different people from so many different parts of the world. That'd be the only little thing I would think about where if I wanted to wear my mask, yeah, you know, I don't, yeah, because there are, let's face it. Same, same thing at the Nutella Cafe, by the way, but. Yeah, not I so like much that. so at the an international, an international airport, but I mean, you know, a lot of people from a lot of different places, but e- even then, you don't, you know, there's a distance thing too. I mean, do you ever sit down next to someone, not on the airplane, but at the airport? No, you find a place always away from people. Everyone does. So I, I just think there are enough other factors in play that maybe it's time to say goodbye to the man. Hey, good morning and a happy Friday to you. And Bill O'Reilly is coming next week. The No Spin Zone live with Bill O'Reilly at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan next Thursday night, March 31st. The unvarnished truth for America and how to reclaim its future the right way with Bill O'Reilly. How would you like to get your tickets? Well, you can head over to WSAM.com. You can get them right now, or we're going to be giving away some tickets a little bit later. Sponsored by attorney Stephen A. Leahy of Open Tax uh, Advocates. All right, so uh Bill O'Reilly coming next Thursday and a chance for you to win free tickets coming up a little bit later. So... Anyone who's ever uh, sat at an intersection while a train went by knows what that feels like. Now, a freight train. If it's a metro train, you only got a couple cars to deal with, right? Eh, you know, you know, and it's fast. Zoom. You see one of these freight trains, some hundred car banana train or whatever, and it just goes on <laughs> in perpetuity. And it always looks like there's nothing on it. They're they're empty. It could be a lot of times. I'm like, wow. So I just read the graffiti and tells me a little story. There you go. Look at the hobos. <laughs> Look at the hobos. Are there still hobos on trains? I haven't seen one in like decades. Where are they? Where did the hobos go? I don't know. I think it's hard to, to hobo on a train it's these hard days, to hobo? right? I mean, yeah. That sounds like the beginning of a song. It's hard to hobo <laughs> on a train. Nick, write that lyric, won't you? It's hard to hobo. Uh, but yep. Metra is warning that a new merger between some train companies is going to lead to more of these freight trains coming through the area, which means more sitting at a ding, 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 while your 100-car banana train goes by. Right. So the way we in a car sit at a crossing, when you're on the metro train and the freight's coming, you have to stop because you use the same tracks. So you usually stop at uh, an intersection there of the tracks and the freight gets to go by. Let me just remind everyone. Does freight have the right of way? Absolutely not. Commuter trains have the right of way always. I would think so. Do you know how many times they get the right of way? I don't know. Never. Okay. It's a joke. Everyone knows it's a joke. It is federal law. It's been a 50, it's a 50 year old law. Right. That passenger trains always have preference. Absolutely not. Never happens. Okay. And so then. And it's funny because I have sat on many a metro train where this has happened, and though and waiting for the freight yeah, train to go freight, by, and you're like, the minute I hear it, I'm like, the, how? Why are you even admitting it? We we know this is illegal. Freight doesn't care. 
Freight doesn't Freight care. Freight doesn't care. Freight first. Freight doesn't care. Well, I mean, it happens to Amtrak too. It's, it's yeah, any commuter. Yeah, any uh, passenger train. train. It's yeah, it's it's been a it's just a joke. It's yeah. been going on for years, and with a merger causing more disruption. I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen. I I took Metro for years and years. Happens all the time. Yeah, they're talking about Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern Railroads uh, merging, coming together, and that uh, there would just be more trains on the tracks. I mean, I guess I can... A 400% increase. Yeah, I can understand. I mean, there's only so much track. Like, it's a finite amount of of railroad track. You put more trains on it, therein lies the rub. Now, I get that, you know, Metro's going to paint it in their own rosy picture. Canadian Pacific is is painting it in its own rosy thing. But yeah, I mean, there is a reality that, you know, you might be sitting at a lot more of these uh, train crossings. Um, I, I don't buy into the, the, you know, Metro saying people are going to be running across tracks to get to, okay, you, you don't, you don't need to make it worse than it is. It's just sitting there for 10 minutes is bad enough for the train going by. Uh, but that could be an issue moving forward, uh, unless they start building more track. Right. I mean, I've been on a train where we're, I, I could see my platform. But oh, there's and, a freight going by. Oh, but you couldn't get to it. No, because uh, as they, this is what they were pointing out. Many times it's on the other side of the freight, so uh, you can't even. You won't even. They won't even pull in just to make sure people so you're not don't jump try to get off. Trying to just or or become a hobo all of a sudden and jump on. Mm. So that's a problem. You know, it's with this whole thing. This, I'm. It's a joke because Metra is like you're right. You know, of course, making it sound more catastrophic. Worse. But the fact is, they shouldn't have to say anything. Metro should say, oh, I don't care if there's a merger and more freights because we get to go first. But it just never happens. If you're not one of the ones riding a train, though, maybe you are headed back to the office. More and more workers are getting called back to the office. But how many are actually going? Hmm, At least five days a week, right? Oh, no one. Now, if you're commuting right now, You've seen an uptick in traffic, absolutely. But we aren't anywhere near back to pre-Pando levels by any stretch, right? Uh, and people are commuting maybe to different places. You, you know, that uh, some of the, the hubs, if you will, the office buildings, the towers here in downtown Chicago, they don't, they don't appear full by any stretch of the imagination. The only people coming back five days a week are the, um, the bosses, right? The executives. <laughs> And it's funny because they can and they probably, you know, they don't have a lot of the same issues that, you know, your mid-range worker might have kids at home and have to, you know, have to have nannies. They have to get their kids to child care. They've got to commute. They're a little bit, you know, they don't have those issues maybe. And it's easier for them to get back to the office. And they so I just read a study that CEOs are back in the office. Even though no one else is. The boss needs to set the example. Well, if you use if you use pre-pando as Office occupancy level. So we go back two years, you know, and you were at ninety percent of offices were were full, busy, full of workers. You look at it today, we're hovering around thirty nine percent. Amazing. Yeah, It, it gets into that whole conversation we've had about what do you do. With all of that empty office space, I mean, what what do you convert it to quickly? Right. right. Because now, I mean, we, no masks. We're done. You know, they're going to s- start charging for vaccinations and we're still at 39%. I mean, I, in my head, I thought when it's over and pretty much it's over, right? It, the pandemic. 
I just expected this flood of people back. Let's get... No, it's not happening. And I don't foresee it happening. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Friday. How do you get your 890 each day? Well, you can make it easy and listen on your smart speaker. All you have to do is enable the skill. You can say, Alexa, enable the WLS skill. Or visit the skill section of your Alexa smartphone app and search for WLS AM 890. Either way, after you've enabled the skill, it's easy to listen just by saying, Alexa, Open WLS. And you know what? You might want to be paying attention, especially a little bit more, because the weather, it is a-changing. Joining us right now, uh, we've got Ray Stajic, the senior radio and TV meteorologist. Oh, look at that. That is a tremendous. Ray, good morning to you, first off. And we are at situation normal, although I could have sworn I saw on the calendar we we're in the spring already, kind of. We are. <laughs> we are. Mother Nature's you know, not gonna, cooperating. Or is this spring uh, yeah. weather? Well, forget about that for a while. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to use a famous meteorological term that right. I often use when I talk about the weather. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that is true. On the, that is you know, it, it just come on. We're supposed to be like starting to think about what. Tulips blooming and flowers blooming and things like that. And uh, what do we have? We've got snow in the forecast. Seriously? And Oh, yeah. And I would not be shocked, especially across northwest Indiana later today and tonight. Uh, we get a little Lake Michigan lake effect involved, a little enhancement that we get accumulating snowfall. Now, I don't think here, Cook County, west and south into the suburbs, but uh, there'll be some squally weather this afternoon with the rain showers and then eventually, maybe toward evening after sunset, some snow showers. And um, the Weather Service actually did put a statement out that there could be some reduced visibility. So we might get these, like, bursts or these snow squalls that could come through with the colder air. And I don't know if it's going to accumulate because it's still maybe above freezing. But it's going to look and feel a little different later today, tonight, Good. and over the upcoming weekend. Uh, you know, Ray, when I said, or mm-hmm. is it spring, I meant in Chicago. Oh, oh, it's not like we haven't had this before, right? <laughs> exactly. And can you, can you explain exactly what a snow squall is? Ooh, what's the definition of a squall? Well, squall is like a brief period of time. like It's almost like a burst of heavy snowfall. So it'll be mm. this burst that comes on through. It'll It's almost like a, a thunderstorm that'll drop a heavy downpour and it'll last like a few minutes and it's over with. Same thing, except it's snow and the wind's <laughs> blowing, reduces visibilities, and then, you know, within five, ten minutes, it's over with, and it's done, and that's it, and that's all you get. And, Ray, when are we when are we expecting this? I think later this afternoon into early this evening. It could have impacts for the afternoon commute, especially toward the tail end of it. That's what I was um, thinking. And your Friday evening <laughs> plan. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it does look like, um, you know, Old Man Winter is going to make a return here um, in the first um, full weekend <sighs> of spring, too. With Why is it on the weekends, high. too? Ray, can we work on this, for God's sakes? I appreciate the 70 degree on a Tuesday, but I need it on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, so i got to put this on Bruce's list Please. of things to work on for the meteorologist. <laughs> work on weekend weather. Weekend weather. Okay, got that one. Okay. And now, it's it's supposed to be really windy, too, right? Mm-hmm. The strong winds. Right, right. Thus, um, you know, squall, reduced visibility is windy. Um, there are advisories. Some of our western counties um but still windy here, too. It's not like just because we're not under advisory. 30-plus mile-per-hour wind gusts, maybe to 40, possibly higher in some areas today, later, tonight, tomorrow. So tomorrow's high is going to be 37. And my wind chill chart, where is it? Staff, my wind chill chart, here we go. It may feel like the 20s, 
Oh, my Lanta. Even the teens at times early tomorrow morning with gusty wind. No. Tomorrow night lows. Tomorrow night's low temperatures are going to be close to 20 degrees in town. The suburbs are going to be in the teens. And then highs in the 30s on Sunday, 20s again as we go through Sunday night. Monday still may not hit 40 by Monday, but by Wednesday, 60. And uh, rain. I, I, I turned my heat off already. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, you know, don't you, you get these little warm spells in the winter months and you think it's all over with, but it's not over. We're uh, talking to Ray Stajic, uh, uh obviously th- knows of what he speaks when it comes to meteorological things. We are, this is below the temperatures right now. Th- this is yeah. not normal, right? We're a little below? Yeah, below. The average high-low split, 51 the high, 34 for a low. Um, and so far this month, which is almost over with, we have been averaging, you could probably guess, above normal Yeah. Um, by about about three or four degrees. So it has been a month that, um, you know, overall, the numbers have been milder than what we normally do do. Let me give it to you officially because i got it right here on my fingertips. We are Staff. plus four. Okay. Plus, plus four. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they gave it. <laughs> so 74 was the warmest we've been on the 21st. So that was just a few days ago. Right. It was 11 on the 12th. So the month started off cold, and then we had one, two. We had actually two days, three three days in the 70s. And um, now it's kind of back to reality. It's you like know, punishment. It's, it's like punishment it for having nice weather. You know, oh, how'd you like that? <laughs> how about some of this? Yeah. I told you, you go from getting a, having to nurse your sunburn to, to worrying about frostbite. Come on. Well, yeah. I always make a Star Wars reference if anybody's Ooh. a fan. It's always the balance between good and evil. It's kind of like, you know, the atmosphere wants to balance itself out. It's like the force. Uh-huh. So if it's good somewhere else, it's bad somewhere. If it's wet somewhere, it's dry somewhere. And that's globally, and that's how the atmosphere works to kind of balance itself. Um, there's somewhere um, right now that's probably experiencing above average temperatures, and uh, that's out across the west. Usually in the U.S., it's west to east. If it's warm in the west, it's cold in the east, and vice versa. If it's warm in the east, it's chilly in the west, and, you know, that's the way it works out. All right. Hey, Ray, we uh, appreciate your time, appreciate your insight into this this morning. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ray. He is the uh, senior radio and TV meteorologist, Ray Stajic, getting you updated that your weekend weather, um, he won't say it, I will. It's going to suck because uh, after so many nice warm days, we're now looking at snow squalls starting this afternoon on your drive home. Mayor Lightfoot made a, well, I think a lot of people would say, a historic appointment for Chicago's 11th Ward and the first Asian American woman ever on the Chicago City Council. She named it to replace the last guy who's, you might probably going to jail. Uh, Nicole Lee is, uh, the new older woman. Is that the proper, I say that? Older yeah, person? Yeah, I still say older man. I don't even, Oh, I can't. Oh, I can still call him Alderman. Oh, yeah, I say Congressman Alderman. I mean, right. Um and I'm a woman, so yeah, I'm giving you the okay. But she has some, uh, you know, some, some. You know, she seems like a nice enough lady, but she is tied in with some interesting things. Um, Leroy in Chicago, what do you think? Hey, how are you? Thank you. Hey, don't you think this was a, a brokered backdoor deal by the dailies because her father was she's uh, chief of staff, mm-hmm. and this was just another backdoor deal, uh, again, of who they can control. Why, why would this woman leave a big, huge job with American Airlines to come and be an alderman? 
Come on, are you kidding me? There, there's fewer aldermen than there are big cheeses in American, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is she leaving her job? Yeah, that's what our understanding is. Um, the... I mean, it's just it's just crazy. It's it's who they can control, and this is so. Mayor Lori Lightfoot could uh, count on him to back her, the dailies to back her for her reelection bid. Mm. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. Same old, same old, just a different day. Yeah, it, it's the same circus, same circus, different clowns. <laughs> well, there. I mean, there is some is some you know, I, I, I dare I say, some background that her. Uh, her father, like you mentioned, uh, was the chief of staff under Richard M. Daly. And, uh, yes, he, he, you know, possibly pled guilty to embezzlement and tax fraud. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying she's a crook, but she's related to one. How's that? You know? Yeah. They, they listen, they're, they're all politician people. They all, they're all crooks. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's uh, that is the latest, and yeah, it does seem to be a little bit of all the people you could pick. You pick one that's a uh, um, um, related to a daily. You know, there's a there's an outside the box thinking in the city of Chicago. What a what a shocker! So, uh, uh, not re- related by uh, by work, I guess you you could say. Hey, we're giving away tickets to go see Bill O'Reilly next Thursday night at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. Um, We'll be giving away those tickets in just a little bit, so get ready. If you want to win four tickets to see Bill O'Reilly, you're going to have to call 312-591-8900. 312-591-8900, but I'm told you can't call now. Got to call at 7. You have to call later. Okay, so good luck to you. You want to win those tickets, so uh, we'll do that in just a a little bit. All right. Um, This is interesting because during the the Pando, Judy, I, I found myself... Tipping places I didn't maybe normally tip, and then maybe tipping more than I would traditionally tip. Like I was rounding up a lot more. Oh yeah, we all did. You know, and I felt like there was the people that were working, the people were showing up at work, the people who had been through the service industry, restaurant industry, like they deserved a little bit, right? Right. Um, it turns out, listen, we are hardly alone. We all became better tippers, for oh, lack yeah, of better I mean, terms. <laughs> 30% was probably what, where I was mostly at. Yeah, some Always. people tipping up to 30%, and that when you look at the numbers, they were really high. But, oh, there's I'm high. over it. Well, I think inflation has a lot to do with yeah. that. Don't you? If the price of everything keeps going up, up, and up, I'm like, you know. Right. One uh, of my uh, lines I use. Yeah, I have a variety of lines for servers because I feel like I'm there to entertain them. I know that they just can't wait for me. Um, you can use this one. They bring you the, the check, you know, at the end of dinner or something. You look at that and go, whoa, that's not going to leave a lot of room for your tip. See how they react to that. See how they react. That's always a good one, okay? Uh, but, you know, I mean, Lil, there is some sticker shot going on right now where people oh, are like, oh, maybe I'm going to be a little closer to 15%. And I don't understand... Uh, the expansion of tipping in terms of when I go to the hot dog stand and I order a hot dog okay, and they make it, they give it to me. And then there's a jar right there that says, Ooh. you know, chips. Per-. I'm like, I, and here's the thing. I, you know, I, there's a, th- I was always a good change person. Yeah, I'll take the change. 
No, I just drove a change in there. Just the coins, not usually dollars. Do they price things knowing that they'll be like 98 cents in change, hoping absolutely. you throw it in the jar? Okay, that's and what I was absolutely. thinking. And, but here's the thing. Why am I tipping? I came in for a hot dog. <laughs> you gave me the hot dog. I got the hot dog. I, what? What's the tip part? I mean, that's what your job is, right? I mean, at what, at I, what point am I going to have to start dressing my own hot dog? I know. Because this, I, why, why would you tip? This comes as a shock. I had some ice cream recently. An ice cream parlor. And and do you tip at the ice cream parlor? <sighs> Again. Like they're, they're scooping the ice cream. You, they put yeah. it in a little cup. That's your job, right? right. That's what they hire you for. They say you're going to have to take a I'm scoop. I'm like, are you, are you scoop being paid for something cream? other than Right. What, <laughs> handing it to me. So I, and I think this is a slippery slope here. You know, okay. now we are tipping for everything. And everything. so it's going to, yeah, it's just, I got to tell you, Europe, you don't tip. I loved it. It took, it was a lot to get used to, but I love not to, if you're going to charge me more, fine. If I don't have to ever tip again, I'm so happy. Yeah. If I don't have to do math, I'm happy for goodness sake. I mean, didn't Uber start with no tipping? You couldn't. <sighs> it wasn't even on the app. Right. If you wanted to tip your Uber driver, Give I mean, you'd have bucks. to hand him money, yeah. you, it, literally, because you couldn't do it through the app. But Lyft had it. And so Lyft always allowed mm. you to tip. So Uber added it because the drivers were basically saying, well, I'll go. Right. People are going to tip. But, and now I, now I tip. But I, I tip the course, cab driver, you have, too. You know what? You have to tip because they send you a little reminder. Oh, I tip my cab drivers. I always tip my cab drivers. Okay. I mean, it's not like I don't want to tip. It's just, and it's funny when I first started using Uber when I was still a newbie. I remember my son was like, "You don't need to tip. It's all in there." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, apparently it wasn't, so mm. I don't have a problem. But here's another problem I have: when you get wherever the places where you really shouldn't tip, and you get the receipt, and you're about to fill it out, and it says tip. Oh yeah. What, I had no intention of tipping, and now I have to put you a feel line guilted through. into it. Yes. Mm. I have to put a line through it and not tip. And, you know, they're standing right there watching. But it's like, what am I tipping you for? Yeah. You answered a question. You told me where the, you told me where the milk was. You answered right? a question. I feel like well, I have to tip everyone. Tipping, hasn't tipping always been a thing at Starbucks? And, and isn't that essentially the same thing? They're just doing their job, right? Right. So what was the argument that Starbucks should put out a tip jar? Is it because the, the, the orders are so complicated sometimes? Well, and you know mm. what? I would uh, argue very lamely that it's about, because it's about service. That's what tipping is about. And I will say. Yeah, but they at, get your name wrong half the time. Uh, you're Starbucks, right. They do. And, and I, even, I hate that they asked for my name. I argue with them every time. Bueller. What do you need my name for? I'm going to pull right up. What do you need my Coffee name for? for Bueller. I'm the next in line. Yeah. It's always the first name. But so I. That's what people I think started tipping for at Starbucks. The service is quite good. Yeah, generally. Uh, yeah, but uh, and you know they do the thing with the screen. You know what uh, they they uh, nowadays you have like this this screen like you, you put it in they flip the screen over and you're supposed to add the tip and sign like with your finger like oh, the right, Apple thing. Right. And I'm like, if you don't do the tip, you spin it back around. They see it right there. Like if right. I if I if I when I tip on a on a restaurant or something, I might be out the door before they recognize exactly. it, and I feel better about it. Yeah. But I got to spin the little thing around right now that said, "No, I'm not tipping you for this." And then I feel like there's an awkward stance. It's, uh, but you got to do it. We've got to take a stand, people. <laughs> stand tip when up appropriate. To We're done tipping over tipping. All right, Mr. Pink, no <laughs> tipping. Uh, how would you like to see the no spin zone live with Bill O'Reilly? Give us a ring right now. Three one two five nine one eighty nine hundred. We're going to hook you up with. Four, that's right, one, two, three, 
four tickets to go see Bill O'Reilly next Thursday night at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. The No Spin Zone Live. The number is 312-591-8900. Caller number five. You are a winner. And a good morning to you. A happy Friday. Here's what's coming up at the 7 o'clock hour. Illinois' most popular baby names have been revealed. Find out how many Emmas, Noahs, and Gertrudes you're going to be seeing around this year. Coming up at 745. Crypto buyers beware. The Better Business Bureau is tracking a huge rise in cryptocurrency fraud this year. Steve Burks has the tip-off to the rip-off at 730. And in just a few minutes, the WLS stream team is here with our picks for the best shows you could be watching. You can text us your picks. What are you watching at 312-591-8900? Hey, by the way, congratulations to Michael in St. Charles. He's going to go and see Bill O'Reilly coming up uh, next Thursday night. Hey, we've got another chance for you to win coming up next hour as well. So uh, stick around for that as well. Hey, you know what? We know that, uh, what was the number yesterday? 100,000. 100,000 Ukrainian refugees will be coming to the United States. The Biden administration basically allowing for a a special program, obviously, because it's not that easy to come to the United Mm. States. Uh, For 100,000 of these refugees, 100,000 out of the, I don't even know, what's the latest total number? I mean, it's in the millions, right? In the millions, yeah. In the millions. And and Europe can absorb only so many, I guess. And some of them may want to come to the United States. So what is that going to look like, especially around here? Uh, Joining us right now is Anna Cirilli. And Anna is principal of St. Nicholas Cathedral School. Good morning to you, principal. Good morning. (laughs) I wish I had an apple for you today. (laughs) Um, You know, this is something where I think a lot of people, we're going to find out really quickly uh, what it's going to look like because I got to believe that some of these refugees are going to find their way to Chicago. I mean, just because of our Ukrainian population, the Polish population here, that Eastern Europe influence. Are, Are you guys seeing any of this? Are you planning for it? Yeah, I mean, it's not irregular that we would have one to two Ukrainian families come uh, from Ukraine um, per school year. Mm-hmm. And just in the last two weeks, we've already had 16 students uh, from Ukraine enroll. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it, is, it is starting already. I have a question. Uh, are, are, are Ukrainian students, are they, are they versed in English? Is, is, are they, is it common that they already speak English? No, it's not common. Um, it actually depends on what part of Ukraine I think that they come from. But so of the 16 that we got, um, two of them can understand mm-hmm. English, um, but have a difficult time responding. Understood. Yeah. And how is the rest of the student body uh, welcoming those students? Well, St. Nicholas Cathedral School is actually 80% Ukrainian. Mm. Wow. So yeah. they're probably welcoming you with open, open arms. Open arms, yeah. yeah. They're going through this with them, right? They're experiencing um, everything except for having been in Ukraine when this is happening. They all have family members, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends if they've recently come, right? So they're well aware of what's happening, and they're they're on the phones with their loved ones. So when these kids come, they do the unthinkable they open up their arms and just welcome them mm-hmm. and um there's they're it's showing our students how to be kind and empathetic um in a different way and um it actually is is nice to see 
then um, the students have said, the new students have said uh, in, through translation that they feel that St. Nicholas Cathedral School is a happy place and they're happy to be here. So. Well, and thanks to you, and congratulations to you again, Anna Cirilli, the, the principal at St. Nicholas Cathedral School, where we learn a vast majority of students are Ukrainian, of Ukrainian descent, ties to Ukraine. My guess is it's got to be pretty traumatic, uh, even for your, your normal students, having to hear about at home what's going on back there, worrying about friends or family members, seeing what's going on on TV as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have some hesitation, right? Like, um, what do we talk about? What sure. don't we talk about? So, but in all honesty, they these kids know their history. They've been kind of going through this war at least for the last um, 10 years, right? So right. Um, it's not new to them. Um, so, you know, as, as much as we hesitated, um, they're... They're actually, they know more than us, like more than the teachers sometimes, right? So we just um, are ready to talk to them. And, and we brought in a crisis counselor to come in on Fridays. Um, so that's really helped us out a lot, too, because she can do group activities and, and talk through some of these difficult conversations with the students. So you have taken in 16 Ukrainian students. You are saying, I believe, that you could take in a total of 50 I, you yeah. you are a private school, correct? Um, yeah. I imagine people pay tuition. How is that all working out? Yeah, I mean, 50 was kind of like a rough number when I was looking at, you know, capacity per classroom. You know, if, if push comes to shove, um, this community is super strong and resilient. We'll do what we can to open up and spill into some classrooms that we're not using right now, hire new staff. Um, but we have a partnership with Big Shoulders Fund, and they have, opened up um, a Ukrainian relief fund specifically for St. Nicholas Cathedral School to support us in paying 100% of the tuition for these kids. Nice. And so that's how people can donate if they'd like to help through uh, Big Shoulders? Yeah, absolutely. That's one way. Um, Again, we're speaking to the principal (laughs) over there at St. Nicholas Cathedral School, Anna Cirilli. And, you know, I I think a lot of people... um, uh, their hearts are bleeding for Ukrainians. They're horrified by what they see. They're outraged by what they see. And they want to help. They're looking for ways to help. What other ways can people reach out and help? Maybe some of these new families that are uh, have suddenly found themselves plucked out of a, a war zone and find themselves, boom, smack dab in your, in your community, in your neighborhood, and at your school. H- how can people help? Um. Well, we've we've been accepting donations. We created an Amazon wish list. Um, so what we do is we take the kids and families into this, like, little mini store. They don't have to buy anything, right? So they get to go in and fill up a brand-new book bag with brand-new school supplies, um, some toys, clothing, um, everything you can think of is in that room, toiletries. Um, we're... we're reaching sort of a max right now of what we can handle here at the school. Well, that's good. Um, But, you know, someone dropped off yesterday knowing that we have 16 kids. She called ahead, and she prepared 16, like, little gift bags, Hmm. something they could take home on a Friday. Um, You know, every little gesture of kindness. I have one school in Joliet that's uh, making cards for the kids, you know, and, and just our students as well. Um, and so that's something that keeps people's spirits up. 
Um, so those are just a couple ways that people can help out. Principal Cirilli, I, have a, I just have a quick question for you. Where are these families living? Uh, have they been taken in by local families? Or is there? Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious. Uh, well, how are we absorbing them? Mm-hmm. Well, these families already had visas, right? Okay. So these are that's why they can come. So they already sort of had that in the works. I only had two people that were looking for housing, but they're living with family members or they've, they're getting ready to rent an apartment. Like they were prepared, sort of somewhat prepared for this. Um, so they're in the works of Got finding it. something more permanent. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. Uh, and, uh, and we want to stay in touch because we know that there could be a lot more refugees, a lot more people coming here from Ukraine and, uh, the need will be there to, uh, to help them and welcome them to the United States and welcome them to Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Principal Cirilli, thank you for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Hey, are you looking for... The weather's going to suck this weekend. Snow squalls? Could you be a little bit more direct? What do you mean? Hey, good morning to you. A happy Friday. Bruce and Judy with you. And maybe you are spending a little more time camped out in front of the TV. You're watching things. You're streaming different shows out there. Well, guess what? So are we. Do you dream of your next great stream? Yes! Yes! WLS has your ultimate team. My name is Lieutenant Aldo Rain. I'm putting together a special team. Strap on your sweatpants and keep your remote in sight. Heat! Move! And tell all your friends you'll be staying in tonight. I can't go out. <laughs> it's the WLS Stream Team on the Bruce St. James Show. We'll jump right into some things. Maybe some shows you haven't watched yet. Maybe you're looking for something. Here's our suggestions. I'm going to start with one. It should come as no surprise that I would think that a show about racing is something I would watch. Although, keep in mind, as someone who races, you know, it's always difficult to watch a show and you're like, oh, God, that's so not real. You know, I'm sure, you know, the way the way uh, uh, pilots watch Top Gun. Oh, come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but Formula One, Drive to Survive on Netflix kind of breaks that mold a little bit. For me, it's heart attack after heart attack. Are you okay, Yeah, yeah, this fire, this fire. I love the danger, that adrenaline and that excitement. They have crashed! They've gone into each other! I'll do anything I can to get the best results possible. I'm not worried about dying. He's not. You should see Kevin drive. Uh, F1 Drive to Survive is produced by Netflix on Netflix in collaboration with Formula One. So think of it as a kind of behind the scenes look at the the international racing series that is Formula One, where they follow drivers, teams, and races all throughout the season. It's kind of the racing version of uh, like Hard Knocks, you know, where they follow an NFL team through, uh, you know, the behind the scenes, if you will. And you really get an interesting look. Now, you know, again, I'm already watching Formula One racing. I like racing. I was going to watch anyway. Season four of of this series just came out and uh, uh you know i think they do a really really good job with it and here's why you don't have to know a damn thing about racing to find it interesting they've done a really good job of making fans of racing interested in it but even casual friend uh, people are into it i'll give an example espn which covers formula one here in the united states says that ever since this documentary uh, a series started uh, again season four just came out that the viewership is more than doubled for formula one races hmm. 
Nothing else has changed. They said it's it's new people who have watched this documentary and now are like, well, that's interesting. Or I want to see how this guy does or, or, you know, what's going to happen? Because it is a bit of a soap opera. You know, I mean, it is. Now, I will tell you right now, not for children. Why? Because apparently in Formula One, the F word is a period, a comma, and an exclamation point. <laughs> and almost every sentence contains it at some point. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they do. Race car drivers curse, especially when somebody wrecks into them or whatever. And they have the, the radio, you know, the in-car radio. Yeah, and they're, they're rarely ever happy about it. Formula One, Drive to Survive on Netflix. It's one of the most popular series, if you haven't watched it yet. I'd say start with season one. You know, if you're going to look for it, it's a little half-hour episodes, and uh, and it runs through the whole season. So that's Sounds my exciting. pick, Judy. All right. Well, before I get to my pick, which, by the way, is also not for kids, I just wanted to mention we had a texter saying that uh, they're watching The Thing About Pam, but it's kind of boring and slow. Based <laughs> okay. on a true story about a murder. Six episodes, first season. Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. So I am watching Minx. Minx. And, uh, yeah, as I said, Minx is eh, not for kids. It's uh, it's an HBO Max comedy. It's set in the 70s in L.A. It centers around Joyce, who is an uptight young feminist who joins forces with a porn publisher to create the first exotic or er, rather erotic magazine for women. Whoa. Oh, you're not suggesting that you publish the matriarchy. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, God, no. I mean, not in its current form. And don't get me wrong, it's good. It's just, you gotta hide the medicine. I'm sorry. Nude men. <laughs> do you even understand what it is I'm trying to do here? Of course I do. Feminism. Yeah, the minx. men don't. Yeah, minks. Now, Joyce wants to be a serious magazine writer for women, but she finds herself not being taken seriously by the men in the industry. So she hooks up with Doug, who you just heard there, and there are lots of laughs and um, lots of skin. We are talking full frontal nudity. Whoa! Most of it men. Come on! Let me tell you guys, who knew there were so many different looking uh, men? Small, large. Here we go. Extra large, skinny, plump, Jeez. crooked. Okay, you, you get the picture. Now, Joyce starts out so prudish that, you know, her character kind of takes some of the awkwardness off of, like, the viewer mm. right away, like me, in watching the show, so I can enjoy it without being uncomfortable because <laughs> she is so uncomfortable. Okay. Of course, it's in a She's very, uncomfortable yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly, in a very funny <laughs> way. Well, she starts out like that anyway. And you know what? I love the look of the series. It's very nostalgic. I mean, the outfits are awesome and awful at the same time. I keep thinking, oh, my God. We looked bad in the 70s. Where, where but, can I watch this? Um, this is HBO Max. HBO, and yeah, and uh, it's j- releasing just episodes at a time. Right. So, um, yeah, it's great. The soundtrack is great. I mean, when was the last time you had a, a banana daiquiri? The 70s? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Oh, and by the way, I want to mention real quick, a hometown boy, Michael Heideman, is in this series. Really? Um, I worked with him for a couple of years in radio. He is a great guy, great looking. I can't wait to see him in the series. Although... Is he I'm naked? Sure. I don't want to see too I much of say, him. Careful. If I yeah, see you got text naked, him naked. It's going to be weird. Really weird. Yeah, it's just, there are a lot. It's a lot of nudity. I mean, just that's there's what, a lot of it's, nudity. It's, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about an erotic women's magazine. I mean, you're going like to see. Girl. But that's the thing. I don't know if you guys noticed that we don't see full frontal male nudity a lot in anything. Thank it's, God. You see female. But not a lot of male, so it's yeah. it's quite interesting. It's the difference between an Audi quite and an Innie. That's why. It's mm-hmm. the difference between an it's, Audi and And it's on Thursdays. Yeah, it's horrific, right? Hey, good morning to you and a happy Friday. Bruce and Judy with you. And a reminder, we've got uh, another chance for you to win four, one, two, three, four tickets to see Bill O'Reilly next Thursday night. 
at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan, the No Spin Zone, live with Bill O'Reilly, sponsored by Preborn. Another chance for you to win coming up shortly. All right. Um, by the way, if as as if the the news that the 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 afternoon commute might get a little difficult with rain and snow squalls. Shutting the Dan Ryan down this morning certainly can't help as well, right? Oh, my goodness. You're going to get it coming and going, so to speak. Um, I, but how do you prevent yourself from being a victim of scams? Thank goodness we got a guy. There's always a guy, and we got him. Steve Burness, the president of the Better Business Bureau, joins us right now. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me on today. Excellent Hello, to have Steve. you with us. Hi, Judy. <laughs> you know, Steve, something that's become, well, a lot more popular has been the cryptocurrency and the, the way that you have it. You know, the, I can, I can remember trying to learn about this. Like, so you buy a Bitcoin, you don't actually get a coin. <laughs> Contains no actual coin. It's all digital. It's all contained in a online wallet, if you will. And that is something we should be concerned about. Exactly, Bruce. Uh, cryptocurrency really is a, a form of digital money using encryption technology. So basically, you can send these coins to anyone, anywhere, and they can receive them as form of payment. But unfortunately, because there's a lack of, of government regulation on these and a, really a lack of education on the consumer side, it drastically increases the fraud and in, in the financial losses. Uh, complaints to the Better Business Bureau since 2019 have tripled. Uh, and also at the FTC, it's the second most uh, a scam on their list from last year as well. So we're all seeing it. Uh, it's a hot new buzzword, digital term. Uh, their stadiums named after these, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Bitcoin companies now, and celebrity endorsements, and then there's fake celebrity endorsements. So there's a, it's virtually really a virtual tug of war between the good and the bad. And what? the bad right now. Why do the scammers always have to ruin everything? <laughs> I mean, I, something new. It's amazing. I mean, cryptocurrency, I don't even really understand it. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't. And here it already, it's it's becoming a scam. Yeah. They jump on it first thing, always. Remember going back to 900 numbers when they first started. I mean, the scammers oh, wow. jump on any type of technology, any type of change, or any type of world event. They always take advantage of the situation. They watch TV, listen to the radio, Bruce's show, of course, and uh, <laughs> they kind of uh, play on those scams and try to take advantage of it in the situations. And, you know, we had a consumer uh, in last week who came to the Better Business Bureau in Canada, lost $800,000 in cryptocurrency scams in a romance scam. $800,000. I don't like anybody that much. Were those no, no. were those American dollars or was that cryptocurrency? It's cryptocurrency. It was cryptocurrency okay. in 800,000. Yeah, it's still worth money. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. so I I I've got my my crypto. I have my little crypto wallet. Hmm. Uh you know, yeah, I have my little online wallet. It's an app, right? I can look at it right now. I can see the crypto that I I currently own. By the way, it's been in the toilet recently uh so what do i need to be concerned about uh, am i worried about somebody getting into my actual wallet and getting money or am i uh, do i need to be concerned about uh, leaking my information to someone there's many things you should be concerned about one of it obviously is your digital wallet if you lose access to it you lose your money and there's no way of recouping it um so you gotta be very careful on the passwords and things of that nature you got to be worried about investing in it. A lot of times you'll see Facebook posts either from your friends 
or a celebrity saying that basically you should, you know, invest in cryptocurrency only to find out that wasn't your friend or that wasn't a celebrity. Even the Australian government uh, took uh, action against Facebook uh, because they were allowing those ads to appear from the Australian people uh, that said they made millions of cryptocurrency, but it wasn't them. There's somebody who's using their picture only. Uh, so you just got to be careful. Like Julie said, Bruce, is really nobody really understands this. And, and until you do, don't get involved or find somebody that understands it. I still haven't met a person yet, to be honest with you, that understands it all. I know people that understand <laughs> bits and pieces. And that's what's so scary about it, Bruce. It Isn't is, it? We all think we... We know about it, and we don't. Well, I, I admit that I don't, but I'm still worried about yeah, missing that, out. See, that's the problem. It's the FOMO. <laughs> People don't really it's get it, and they're yeah. they're jumping on. So let me ask you, Steve. I mean, we're not talking most people have a cryptocurrency wallet. It's probably not that many people at this point, right? Not that many people, but, Judy, if you look around, the ATMs, Bitcoin ATMs are appearing everywhere yep. in Chicago. Mm. So. Um, they're starting to get more popular since they're in the news. People want to get invested. People want to get involved in it. But one tip-off to the rip-off, I just want to make sure your Please. your listeners know, is that if anybody calls you up saying you have to make a payment uh, using Bitcoin within 30 minutes, that's the you know that's the tip-off okay. to the rip-off. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 we, it's amazing. ComEd just recently issued a warning because a lot of their customers were getting these calls and they were paying by cryptocurrency, going to like local gas station or 7-Eleven wow. and sending those Bitcoins to them. It's just amazing. Yeah, but I, I was going to say, I guess the, the tip-off to the rip-off to me would be, I'm still not even sure how to spend crypto. I, 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 I'm like, I, I know that I have it on this little app, but I don't know where to go with it from here. That's a lot of things. People don't know what to do with it or how to get involved with it. So therefore, you need to find somebody who understands it to teach you before getting involved in it. And using it as a form of payment, yet, is still not um, done by a lot of organizations. So if somebody asks you for that type of payment, regardless, because yeah. we're seeing a lot of online sales where you have to pay in cryptocurrency. And guess what? You can't... Uh, you can't uh, cash it in. And Steve, along those lines, you know, I, the, the technology just moves so fast. I mean, I know one of the things now is there are credit cards. Uh, think of it as a debit card linked to a crypto wallet so that you can, anywhere that you could use a debit card, you can spend cryptocurrency. So it's it's becoming more uh, user-friendly. It's becoming more popular, and that's just going to open it up to even more scams. Exactly, but be careful because there's a lack of regulation right now. So a lot of consumers think they have the protection like they do with the banks or your credit card companies. But unfortunately, with cryptocurrency, you do not have the protection of the bank. Ah. It's not that it's unconventional still to them, and there's no lack of regulation. So if you lose money in that world, in the cryptocurrency world, guess what? Nobody's there going to back you up or give you your money back like they would on a credit card. So. Steve, you, you mentioned earlier about scammers, how they come out and even during world events. So with Ukraine, mm. are we seeing any um, new scams going on because of that? Good point. Fake charities. It's still, it's still a big problem worldwide uh, that people you know create these pages quickly and they say that they need your money or we need to, we're going to send you know gifts or donations to these organizations and they just create these fake websites and it happens all the time and sometimes judy is similar sounding charity name so if you may be a charity you donated in the past it might be one letter off one word off and it's a completely different charity so you know we want you to you know, give but give wisely so you know, like any other business transaction you got to do the research on the organization because a legitimate organization will want your money today they'll want it tomorrow next year a scammer is going to want it today judy they want it now they want your credit card
Is, is there a clearinghouse? Is there a place that you would suggest that if you're looking at a charity and, and thinking about Ukraine, like Judy just said, is there a place where I can go that I can feel comfortable? Okay, this is a real charity. It's been vetted properly. So the Better Business Bureau does have a website it's called give.org. So it's an international website that does review charities on a national level, international level, to see if they meet our 20 standards of accountable charity standards. Uh, but you can also ask the charity for information, look at their website and see, you know, where their money is going and how much is going to the administration, how much is going to the funds and how much is going to the telemarketers. Because sometimes telemarketers, sad to say, still make 90 cents on a dollar. So mm. consumers only knew that they wouldn't donate, I'm certain. Yeah. yeah. Steve, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. My pleasure. Have a great day. Yeah. I still don't understand cryptocurrency. Still don't, still don't know what I'm going to do with it. So have you Steve spent Barnes. any of your cryptocurrency? I have not. At all? No. Hmm. It's I, I think of it more like an investment. Yeah, yeah. All right? Uh, but an investment that keeps going down, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a bad investment? Yeah, let's call it a bad one <laughs> at this point, right? But I, I'm not sure what I can do with it yet. But uh, appreciate Steve Burness with the Better Business Bureau. Not only for that, but also uh, be smart when you're when you're giving to charities, especially uh, when, like, a world event. Like, yeah, like it's the a Salvation Army, not the Salmation Army. Good point. Thank you. Uh, I don't even, yeah, that other group, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good morning to you. Hey, uh... Happy Friday, Bruce and Judy with you. We're talking about baby names. Don't name your baby Beyonce, by the way. I'm just going to go out on a limb. That's Because big... babies grow up to adults. They, oh, Think about that, too, when you're naming never. your baby. Good call. Good call. We now have, according to the, well, Social Security, I guess they would know what people are named, right? They uh, give you a Social Security number. They got your name. The top and most popular baby names in the state of Illinois. Now, for the most part... Illinois is kind of in line with the rest of the country, okay? Seven of our top ten are in the national top ten. But I have questions about the three that aren't, specifically on the boy side. Where does Mateo come from? I don't know any Mateos. Um, I'm sure they're lovely. Is there no one famous named Mateo? Because that's usually where it comes from. Is there a Disney show that has a Mateo? Is there, a, is, there a, is there a Disney prince named Mateo? Mateo. Hmm. I just don't run into a lot of Mateo. Because you look at number one on the list, Noah. There's Noah's everywhere. Can't throw a stick without hitting Noah. Noah well, forever, too. Yeah, Mateo is Italian. So it's the yeah. Italian form of the Hebrew name Matthew. Matthew? Yeah, okay, I should have known Matthew, that. Yeah. Italian for Matthew is Mateo. Okay. Liam, number two, which I was last week years old when I learned is short for William. Yes. Did not know that. I wanted Liam instead of Conlon for my firstborn son, mm-hmm. second child. Not the favorite. Um, I was overruled. And it's funny because Liam is still popular. Still popular. Yeah. And his dad was like, ah, it's going to be everyone's going to name their kid Liam because um, Schindler's List had just come out. And Liam, Liam Neeson. Liam actor. Right. Yes. And I'm like, you're an idiot. No one's going to name their kid. Yeah, they all <laughs> named their kid Liam. And they are still. Did, did Liam Neeson lead to the rise of Liam's? Apparently. Alone? It makes apparently, sense. Apparently. Yes. Really? Well, so who do we blame? Because I, I hadn't heard of Liam before Liam. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, Love good him. point. Mm-hmm. Well, so who do we blame Oliver on, which comes in at number three for the boys? Not John. Twist? So I'm not sure. Oliver Twist. Where's Oliver Oliver's coming from? Oliver's just one of those, you know, I wish, it's one of those old names. Never it goes, is. Never it, goes out of style It strikes me as very British, because when I say Oliver, I want to say Oliver. Mm. 
And I, yeah, I like Oliver. Ollie, okay. that's a good name. Ollie? My my buddy has a kid. He named him Oliver after the tractor. Okay. Oliver, Oliver. Tractors. So, Nick, your, your boy's names are? Uh, Henry and Matthew. Where does that come from? What was the inspiration? Uh, Henry was a great uncle, mm-hmm. and Matthew was my brother. There you have it. Yeah. Okay. Um, my middle name is John. My brother's middle names were all John after my dad. John. Mom didn't like that. <laughs> You had Nicholas John, Lucas John, and Matthew John. There you all go. All the girls in my family, we all have a, the Anne is our middle name. We all took ah, our okay. Yeah, for some reason. So you, With an you, e. you flip over to the girls' side, and the most popular girls' names, you babies out there, Olivia, at the top of the list. That's a little bit unusual. Olivia. Yeah, and again, like an older John. name. Is that Italian for uh, Olive? By any chance? No, it's no, a, yeah, that's that's an old Olivia? name. Emma, Ugh, I'm so sick of it. Yeah, you can't throw a rock without hitting an Emma, uh, right? Really? Same with a, Amelia of... at number three. Yeah, the only Amelia I know is Earhart, and I can't yeah. imagine naming your child after that, unless they have a tendency to get lost. All right, <laughs> and, uh, Amelia, Amelia, where are you? And by the way, Bruce, you were correct. Olivia is it's Latin for olive tree. Boom. Olivia. Wow. Well, I might have. I should have named one of my kids after the olive in my drink. Number four. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> Coming in at number four, Charlotte. Charlotte's very popular. Lots of Charlotte. I didn't know one Charlotte. But again, maybe I did because I knew a Lottie. And her name, was, her name was probably Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Did you, play, did you play for the Rockford Peaches? Like, what? Oh, Lottie. She worked at my old L-O-T-T-E? Yep. But I'm sure it was short for Charlotte. And I know I've said, never, I've never even seen someone call themselves Lottie. What do you mean? Lottie, Dottie, we likes to party. That's kind of old fat. That's like 1940s. Yeah, absolutely. Lottie. Yeah, yeah there they're was catching a, the streetcar. There was a comic called Little Lottie. Little, yeah, no, that definitely was a name. And then uh, coming at number five for the girls, Sophia. Mm. I like. I have a goddaughter named Sophia, and I have a niece named Sophia. Mm -hmm. I got Sophias everywhere. It's very. It seems very regal, almost. You know, it sounds like a princess. You can, you can, you can, you can church it up and go Sophia, or you can kind of casual it, make it Sophie. Yeah, that name to me is very. It's a cultural thing for me. What do you mean? It's because in in Poland, it's Zosia. So there's a lot of Sophies named, a lot of Polish people named Sophie, and so it just when I hear Sophia or Sophie, I just think immediately. Poland or even um, Italy, Sophia Loren. Oh, very right. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. That to me is an older name, and it's yeah. It, I don't know. It's got I, gravitas. I like it. Yeah. Well, shout Sophie's out to all choice. the shout out to all the Noahs and Olivias. <laughs> I, I got dark there. right now. Is sitting in the back seat of the car, going. They said my name on the radio. Yes, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And all you're you are unique. Of you. You're one of a kind. There's no mm-hmm. one else quite like you. How would you like to go check out Bill O'Reilly next Thursday night? Okay, next Thursday. That's the thirty first uh, at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. It's It's the No Spin Zone live with Bill O'Reilly. And a good morning, a happy Friday to you. Here's what's coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Uber is now working with yellow cabs to list them on their app. What's next? Cats and dogs living together? Magisteria? We've got the details at 845. 
And Chicago Restaurant Week begins today, bringing you the very best food and drinks Chicagoland has to offer. We'll talk with the owner and brewmaster of the Moody Tongue Brewing Company. That's at 8.30. And Ravinia is back and better than ever. We're going to be talking with the president and CEO about the shows you just can't miss this summer in just a few minutes. Uh, And congratulations to Ray in Kankakee. He got himself four tickets to go check out Bill O'Reilly next Thursday night. All right. You need to get your tickets. All right. No problemo. Go to WLSAM.com and get your tickets to check out Bill O'Reilly, the No Spin Zone, live next Thursday night. But now, whether your sump pump is overflowing like the deck of the Titanic or your family cat is stuck between your walls, we have the man who can help (laughs) you with a little thing we call Nick Knows Best. One bright and sunny morning in the early 1970s, the sandy yet rich soil of Glenview, Illinois, began to shake and rumble. Then, from a crack in the earth, appeared a skin and bones baritone, the WLSAM Carhartt sweetheart named Nick Gale. Ah, good morning. Anybody got a light? Now he's here on the air to answer questions from one and all. Because Nick knows best. You've posted curiosities on social media. Now prepare to have the gaps between your tiles filled with the grout of Nick knowledge. Nick knows best. The Bruce St. James Show on WLSAM 890 presents Nick Knows Best. All right. Oh a lot to live up to, Nick. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. All right? Let us know when you get there, Nick. Uh, remember, you can uh, you can go uh, on the Facebook, on the Twitter, and you can ask your questions. Uh, go to the WLS pages, and uh, if you have a question for Nick, why, let mm-hmm. us know about it. I've got this one. This one comes in from Robert. Uh, it starts with, I've got three daughters. Let's pour a little out for him right there. You, Oh, God, Robert. Good luck to you. Uh, he says, my shower drain keeps getting clogged from their long hair. What is the best way to prevent clogs before I have to snake it? Hmm. Haircuts? Oh, yes. Good one. A bob. Yeah, something a little shorter Pixie for the Pixie cuts are in this year, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Pixie cuts are always in. Go straight yeah. Sinead O'Connor on them. Here's the problem, too. Some, some boys have very long hair now, so... True, a lot true, of hair. true. Yeah, a lot of hair, especially with the panda, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do so, they, to, so that you aren't constantly having to, to get the thing out and snake your drains? Yeah, this is going to sound too simple, but you know, a, a strainer uh, or a hair catcher, and they actually make them now. You've seen those like in your... A lot of people, if you have a garbage disposal, you kind of put that mesh screen in there to kind of catch stuff. It's the same principle for a bathroom, but they actually make ones that will replace your stopper. Um, oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? So you could put this thing in. There's one that's made out of it's like silicone material, mm-hmm. so it's real easy to slip in there, and it's got a little uh, basket, I guess, at the bottom that kind of catches stuff. Okay. And so when you notice that your water's not draining as fast, you simply pull the thing up, clean it out, pop it back in. Go in the garbage. Don't wash it down the other sink, because that just no, causes no, more problems. Yeah, okay. Nick, I have one of those. It is one of the best things I have ever purchased in my life. My daughter has very long, curly hair, and she loses it only in the bathtub. (laughs) The way Link described it, it it wraps around. So it's ingenious. Yeah. And yeah. I just wipe it off every, you know, every week or so. And yeah, it's perfect. Have a All right. It's expensive. 
No, so. no, they, that's a cheap. I fix. mean, they're a little bit more expensive than you're used to paying for, you know, a stopper. But yeah, twenty bucks maybe. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Mary wants to protect her house from bugs before mm. they start getting in. Now, how does she deal with creepy crawlies getting in through the cracks? Mm. Good. Stop one. them from even getting in there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you want spiders though, right? Because they eat all those other insects. Wait, not all spiders. <laughs> oh, some sp- some spiders eat us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could actually lose part of your flesh from some. Oh, my goodness. Um, The round recluse, look that up. Mm, Uh, First thing, I would inspect the outside of the house for cracks, right? Of course. And then we want to seal those cracks, whether Mm -hmm. it be with some caulk or, you know, the product Great Stuff, like it's an expanding foam. Okay. It's an expanding foam Mm -hmm. product. It comes in an aerosol can, right? Spray cans. Oh, that's easy. And it's got a tube on it, and you kind of stick it into the holes, and you squeeze the trigger, and puts this foam in there which expands and just and yeah. seals it up mm-hmm. but they make they actually make one that's specific for keeping the bugs out Ooh. um i don't know what makes it so special right. is it like peppermint scented or something it, uh, it could have some kind of scent. Like can I, I just go know. around and spray bugs with it? Can I try that as well? Mm. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like fun. might be doing that all summer, all right? right? Yeah. That's better than uh, the magnifying glass i've been using. Now once you get those cracks sealed up and if you're okay with pesticides, you can use these home defense pesticides. Ortho makes one. I'm sure Bear makes one. Some others make them. And you kind of go around and spray everything. It ain't like the old days when we had, what, chloridane and stuff like that, which would kill everything, mm-hmm. including, including your house humans. cat. Yeah. Ouch. But, <laughs> but uh, You'll be careful. It does, it does work. And you know what? Another thing to think about, too, real quick, is what do you have up against your foundation? Uh, you know, a lot of us have mulch, maybe, right? Okay. We've got a flower area, and we've got some mulch. Well, that mulch breaks down over time, and that makes a good, nice area really? where bugs want to live. So consider raking back some of that mulch that's against your foundation and, you know, throwing some new stuff down. I did that, not know that. that. Hmm. Yeah. This is yeah. why we have Nick around, for goodness sakes. Nick knows best, to say the least. Again, if you have uh, uh, issues uh, and who doesn't at this point around the house? Uh, yeah, Nick can help you. All right, so uh, Rick chimes in. Ready? Are you ready for this yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Uh said, I installed a new stainless kitchen sink and faucet. Good for you, Rick. But now the faucet wobbles. Is there a way to stabilize it? So, so he installed it, but he's got some wobblies. Yeah. The faucet's wobbling. The faucet okay. wobbles. Um, so that's probably a loose nut. That's um, simple. They're it's, everywhere. It's, it is that. <laughs> <laughs> you have a single hole mount, and the traditional one is a triple hole mount, right? Uh, so when you look at your sink, you've got, um, if you were to take the faucet off, you'd have three holes, and usually the spout's in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two nuts under there on either side that need to be cranked down, and they do need to be cranked down pretty tight. If you've tried that and it keeps coming loose, and it's, Regular steel threaded rod, you could use um, like a Loctite on the threads, Mm -hmm. or you could even swap the nuts out um, for lock nuts, or there's something called a tooth lock washer. What? And that kind of, it's, when you feel it between your fingers. Yeah, it snaps together? Well, it's not like a a traditional lock washer, like you're thinking, like a washer that's got a little cut in it. This actually has like teeth, and the teeth will dig into that stainless steel to kind of give you a better grip mm. um so that's i think it's just a matter of tightening it down now i the wife had me put in a single hole thing here she picked out a new faucet it was entirely too expensive 
And it was plastic, though, okay? Oh. So I, I'm, and I'm like, boy, I shouldn't over-tighten this. Well, so I didn't, and we had the same problem. The thing was twisted around on oh. So I went under there and tightened the heck out of it, and now it seems fine. So okay. really, it's just a matter of loose nuts. There you go. Which, which again, <laughs> which you can run everywhere. into everywhere. All right. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Thank you. On behalf of Robert, Mary, and Rick, as they will uh, immediately get to work, do a little bit better today. Nick knows best, and boy, does he ever. Our Carhartt sweetheart. Yeah. (laughs) So a lot of folks are looking forward to getting out and about, getting back to like live music. I mean, there's just something about being at the shows. Well, Ravinia has announced its 2022 schedule. Hashtag old normal. Hey, and a good morning to you. A happy Friday. Bruce and Judy with you. And boy, if you like music, whew, this is a, it's a good year. 2022 is shaping up to be pretty darn awesome. Why? Because there's a lot of big name artists. Hey, a lot of cool, smaller things. Uh, maybe some of your favorites are going to be coming. Why? Because Ravinia has announced its 2022 lineup, and there, when you say there's something for everyone, I mean, there literally is something for everyone this year. Jeff Hayden is the president and CEO of Ravinia. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Bruce. Love yeah. to be here. Yeah, well, I mean, seriously, I, I'm looking at the lineup. I, I'm on your website scrolling through. I mean, it is whatever your favorite style of music is and by the way that includes international you probably have a show for them this year there's a show for everybody here we think ravinia is the best place in the world to listen to music and so we want to make sure we bring the best of music here to chicagoland and so love to have several generations of people enjoying anything from the chicago symphony orchestra to as you play stevie nick little stevie yeah remind me jeff were you open last year ravinia we were open. We were one of the early festivals to open up last year, and uh, I would say we had a three-quarter season. We had uh, some rock and pop that came in right at the end, but we had a quarter million people come through our doors last year. Oh, wow. So I think this year you'll be overwhelmed, which is a good thing. We will be. Uh, we are so looking forward to having people come back. And uh, one thing that was really fun last year is uh, we discovered people love to pre-reserve a spot on the lawn, and so we're going to bring that opportunity back. If you want to get your little square on the lawn and oh, have a how does that to work? See the stage, uh, come a donor. Uh, just even a few hundred dollars to get your tickets early. Uh, that money goes to putting instruments in kids' hands, and it gets you early access to the uh, the tickets, and you don't have to get here at 3 o'clock to claim your spot. Oh, wow, that's nice. <laughs> let, me, let me put it this way. When we talk about a little bit for everything, here's, here's, here's a se- uh, words you don't hear in a sentence very often. You can see Pitbull with Iggy Azalea and Culture Club. <laughs> on on back to back nights, by the way, at Ravinia. I mean, you'll go from eighties to current music to a little bit of everything else. What's the experience going to be like for concert goers? Uh, are there any mitigations that you're expecting come summertime? Uh, as Dr. Allison said a couple days ago with uh, Lollapalooza, if Lollapalooza were to be held today, there would be no mitigations. And at this point, uh, that's our forecast as well. Uh, of course, we'll continue to. Watch the situation. Understood. But, uh, we had a lot of people here last year with with very few uh, considerations. Okay. Good. Anything new this year that people need to be aware of? 
Uh, well, uh, we are going to continue something that was a real hit last year, which is once you buy your concert ticket to Ravinia, it is also a free train ticket on the UP Metro North line, so you can get here for free and forget the gas, the traffic, and the parking. Oh, that is so nice because I got to tell you, the the traffic and the parking, it's it's just not fun. So the train is always the way to go to Ravinia. The train is always the way to go, and we also introduced the carousel stage last year. So we cleared out the uh, ice cream stand in there. Don't worry, there's still ice cream available. <laughs> but you'll find it elsewhere. Um, and we had a lot of fun evenings there of, of bluegrass, jazz, pop, and we're going to even bring in the Metro Spark Bar to uh, uh, spin some tunes for us as well. Wow. Uh, so I, I, have my, I come from a music background, so I know a little bit about some really bizarre artists in there as well. And I don't know if you know this, but you have, coming up on your, your schedule this year, one of the largest selling artists worldwide of all time, who you've never Rumble, heard. please. Uh, A.R. Rockman. Absolutely. Slumdog Millionaire. They did the Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack was his, but, I mean, and that was, I mean, he's had a career for a while. It's estimated he sold over 200 million albums. 200 million albums? Yes, A.R. Rachman is coming on uh, Saturday, August 20th. I might actually go see I love the Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack, and it brought me to understanding more about who the heck is this guy, and then finding out, oh my goodness, he sold more than the Beatles and Elvis combined. <laughs> wow. It's the power of Bollywood. Uh, yeah, yeah India, exactly. India's a big place, I'm led to believe. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's a really big place. Uh, is there somebody you're looking forward to seeing this year? You know, another uh, secret favorite is Trombone Shorty. Uh, he toured with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and uh, he brings his own style of New Orleans jazz funk uh, and pop and just Google them or go on Spotify mm -hmm. see trombone shorty. Um, another one that, uh, a lot of people may not know, but if you like guitar, uh, check out Rodrigo e Gabriela. There's fantastic YouTube, uh, of them and the two of them, it's just duo guitar. Phenomenal. All right. And Jeff, I almost hate to ask, but like everything it's, you know, prices have gone up. It, will there be a price hike for people this year? Uh, we try to hit a lot of different price points. So, yes, when you hit, hit headliners, uh, there is definitely some price pressure just because that's the only way that they earn money. They don't earn money on right. Spotify or anything. Um, but uh, we do actually you have a lot of different price points for a lot of different concerts. And so go online, check it out. Uh, there is definitely a price point and a concert for everybody online. And just to follow up real quick, uh, is this a good place for kids? It's a great place for kids. So we actually have... Uh, six different programs that are specifically for kids. We have the rock star for kids, Lori Berkner coming. Bring your stuffed animal, put it on your head. Those of you who know Lori know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's also a great place just to introduce your kids to music that you love. So roll out on the lawn on a Sunday evening yeah. with a blanket. Uh, come and bring the, you know, come and listen to the Chicago Symphony. Get them exposed to, you know, Ramsey Lewis. Um, you know, bring them to, you know, hear um, some Broadway uh, that they may not have been exposed yeah. to before. So That's it's a, just a great place for kids. Bring them to see Ziggy Marley, for God's sake. Ziggy yeah, is fantastic absolutely. live. <laughs> I love Ziggy. He's fantastic. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we wish you a great year, great season at Ravinia, and what an amazing lineup of acts you have. Well, check out Ravinia.org, and I love to see all of you at Ravinia this summer. Here, here. All right. Yeah, so now you have it. I mean... I mean
And a good morning to you. A happy Friday. Bruce and Judy with you. Uh, just a bit of a heads up. We're expecting some bad weather this afternoon slash evening. We learned earlier what a snow squall is and why we might have some in the area. Do be careful out there. All right. The only positive is a squall is quick. Yeah, over fast. It does mean snow, but quick. Ugh. Still, snow stalls, squalls, contain snow. Uh, hey, it is Chicago Restaurant Week. It is kicking off today, and what a perfect time for us to do. Get in, foodie, with Bruce and Judy. And joining us right now, he's Jared Rubin, the owner and brewmaster at the Moody Tongue Brewing Company. Good morning to you, Jared. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. I'm going to start off with the obvious question. Where do you get Moody Tongue from? Moody Tongue is just a name for someone who cares about what they consume. Really? Uh, hmm. Yes. For everyone here who loves food, who loves beverage, specifically beer, you're going to be right at home at Moody Tongue yeah. in the South Loop of Chicago. All right. And you guys are obviously participating in Restaurant Week. What does that look like for you? Because I know every restaurant kind of does its own own piece there. Yeah, what it looks like for us is pork belly, mussels, pickled beets, uh, Slagle Farm half chicken, roasted Aura King salmon, and think chocolate peanut butter cake for dessert or cheesecake. All Good the delicious Lord. paired with beers. <laughs> Okay, wait, is that is that one meal? It should be. <laughs> uh, the great thing about restaurant week is you get to choose uh, one dish from three appetizers, one dish from three entrees, and one dish from two desserts. So you've got options today. It's price fix, right? That's the whole deal with restaurant week? You got it. For Moody Kong, it. it's $55. You'll get that appetizer, that entree, and that dessert. And then uh, it'll be difficult not to have a cocktail or a couple beers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sensing the passion. What What is a brewmaster specifically? Someone who uh, loves to drink beer, brew beer, talk about beer, and a moody tongue. We just like to add on food. Yeah. Well, uh, you are a brewmaster, uh, to say the I least, right? Guilty. Guilty as charged. Exactly. A brewmaster and uh, a classically trained chef. So for me, I like to bring my, my two favorite passions together, beer and food and brewing and cooking. And we do the, all of that at Moody Talk. So you brew your own beer there as well? Yes, we do. We have a massive brewing facility. So the beers you consume at Moody Tongue are brewed right on site. It doesn't oh, wow. get any fresher than that. And so is it like pairing wine with food? Do you pair beer with certain foods we pair beer with all of our foods um, not only do we have a fantastic restaurant in the bar but we also have uh, the first two michelin star restaurant that pairs beer with food oh, in the oh world. wow I, I in chicago congratulations i usually just drink very much all beer with all food i don't think about it that way perhaps i the should the thing is you don't have to think about it we think about it for you <laughs> and that's even better in, and, and you're thirsty and hungry, we take care of everything else. So, Jared, along those lines, again, it's Jared Rubin, the owner and brewmaster at Moody Tongue Brewing Company. Uh, 
Help me understand what that's like. Give me, give me a dish, and then tell me how you pair the the beer with it, and and what goes into that decision making process. Help me understand what goes on inside your amazing brain. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, let's think about this. So, if we're looking at the restaurant week menu, mm-hmm. one of the first appetizers is pork belly. For me, I'm going to pair that with our Doppelbach. The Doppelbach has toffee and caramel notes, which I think provide a balance for that salty, rich pork belly. So it's something that's sweet and something that's salty. And next, I'm going to move on to the Slagle Farm half chicken. For me, I'm going to pair that with the lemon saison because every time I'm cooking roast chicken, I squeeze a little lemon on top, provide a little acidity, and make the flavors of the chicken pop. And then I'm going to move on to the chocolate peanut butter roulade cake. Ooh, that sounds oh, God, that sounds fantastic. And I'm going to pair that with a bourbon barrel-aged 12-layer cake imperial stout because I'm an indulgent person. If I could have cake in my glass and cake on my plate, I'm going to be a very happy individual. Seriously, I like want to marry you. Okay, so since you're a brewmaster and a chef, you that's when you're concocting new beers that's how you're thinking right like how this is going to pair up with something to eat absolutely at moody tongue we, we always think in food and we speak in food it's one of the few things we have in common we've all been eating since the day we were born yeah we might as well speak in that language wow uh, again by the way jared you're fantastic jared rubin the owner and brewmaster over there at moody tongue brewing company it is chicago restaurant week kicking off today and uh and moody tongue is, is smack dab in the middle of all of all that you obviously have a a tremendous passion two passions dare i say one for the brewing side one for the culinary side were you always like that did you grow up were you a kid that grew up like playing in the kitchen I was a kid who grew up loving to eat, and that never stopped. And so my next quest was to figure out how to cook. And then I figured that I really love beer, too, so I might as well learn how to make it. So I stopped spending all my money on it. <laughs> that didn't change. I still spend all my money on beer. But I'm a happy person. I get to drink. I get to talk about beer. And I get to eat and talk about food. So you're like, that's, really, that's why you're... Chicago is so amazing. Yeah. It's one of the, this city celebrates both. You followed your passion. You're a great example of one of those people like living your dream. Are you surprised at how many brewmasters there are and how how huge beer mm. brewing is? I'm not surprised. I just feel like we're very fortunate with all these fantastic brewmasters and breweries. It means that we're creating a better quality product. And that just means the consumer is getting the best possible beer. And when you go to any one of these fantastic breweries in Chicagoland, you know that you're going to get great Pilsners, Porters, IPAs, and Stouts because we care. And we, we really make fantastic beer in this great city. You know, Jared, I really appreciate you doing that because, you know, I don't know why. I think that we all think that, you know, hey, you've got your own place and, and you know, you look down your nose at everywhere else. I've noticed, especially in the brewing community, you guys all lift each other up. You, you're like all in this together. You know, at the end of the day, you can all have a beer together. So what, what are you really going to be upset about? You know? You can't be upset when you're drinking beer. No way. No, and if someone brings you a beer, how could you not be their friend? It's all that's, you need. That's the, that's the way to make friends. Absolutely. Okay, well, tell us about uh, Restaurant Week, what, what people need to do to, you know, enjoy Restaurant Week, especially at your place. At our place, you just need to show up. There you oh, go. All that's right. Yeah, show up, moodytongue.com. Uh, that's where you can make your, your reservations, check out our menu, not only for the bar, but also the dining room. 
and uh, sit back, relax, and let us let us show you what we do, and oh. let me introduce a lot of my favorite beers to you. And by the way, your panel dining room to die for. Thank you. Yeah, Jared. Thank you. Uh, thank you, and continued success and congratulations. And uh, boy, I have a feeling it's going to be packed at the Moody Tongue here for the next week, at least. And then on and on and on. Jared Rubin, the owner and brewmaster at Moody Tongue Brewing Company. Uh, gosh, what an amazing! Sounds like an amazing place, right? I'm so glad he has a Moody Tongue. He does have a Moody it, Tongue. It, it, it's good for us. I love hearing that Patrons. passion, though. That you know, he has oh, a genuine yeah. passion for this. It's not, it's not like just some job for him. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So, he makes beer. I mean, come on. You gotta have a passion to do that. Uber is changing things up a little bit. And what used to be their nemesis, the taxis, they're now partnering with? What is that gonna look like? We're talking about it next on 890 WLS. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Friday, Bruce and Judy with you. And you know, a lot of folks out there kind of getting back into the normal swing of things. Well, maybe that means Going to be taking an, an Uber a little more um, as a frequent frequenter. I don't know what the term is. Uh, user of Uber, I can tell you that the uh, the prices are through the roof, and it's difficult to get cars at, at times. Difficult to get a ride, um, and it seems that there's just there's just fewer of them, you know. And I guess you know a whole bunch of factors leading to that. So in New York City, Uber is trying out something that they could very soon bring to Chicago, and that is. Basically merging with the app that you can get a cab. Yes, there's an app you can get a cab. It's called Curb. So on your Uber app, you could order an Uber car. You could order, you know, just regular Uber. Mm-hmm. Or you could actually order a taxi. It's brilliant. Why, why didn't they do this to begin with? Because they were trying to run taxis out of business, exactly, I think. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. That was exactly it. Or that's how it was played anyway. Yeah, this is a great idea because... I like taxis. I'm used to taxis. That's what I mostly spent my life riding in. I take Uber. I take Lyft. No problem. But as you said, like the rest of the world, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, they've they've pivoted, right? They've maybe yeah. gone to some on to something else. Price of gas, maybe running yeah, some of, of them gas, out. You know exactly. It's it's not as easy to get one, and the prices are quite expensive. I have found lately a cab to the airport or to wherever I'm going is cheaper than an Uber. And that didn't, that used to be the other way around. Oh, absolutely. The Uber Lyft prices have gone up. So I, I found this. So it is cheaper for me to take an Uber to O'Hare. But much cheaper to take a cab back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I mentioned I, I landed, I had a very late night flight and I landed at like 1230, 1 a.m., something like that. So I admittedly already kind of quote unquote the middle mm-hmm. of the night and I pull up the Uber app. Uh, and I would say, um, normally it's between 40 and $50 from Midway back here into, into downtown, somewhere in that range. $128 yeah, for an Uber. And I went, to, they have to get out of bed. I was like, hundred, hundred, yeah. I kept refreshing. I'm like, maybe it was a decimal point out of life. I'm not going to pay $128 for an Uber. Are you kidding me? Right. I just feel like Uber at some point during the evening stops. People go home. This is not, you know what I mean? It's almost. You go home now. In many, well, many times the Uber driver, it's a second job too, right? They're, so they don't stay out Mm. all night. Whereas a cab, I feel like there are some cab drivers that that's what they do. Back and forth, back. They stay out all night. You know, I I have noticed more cabs now and I, I'm noticing them around the city where I think for a while 
you know, the, you, you wouldn't see a cab wherever you go. The idea of hailing a cab? Are you? How would you do that? There right. aren't any. You, you could stand on the street corner all day long waving at cars. Not any of them are going to pull over and give you a ride. You, yeah. You know what makes me nervous about returning to work downtown What's is that? the fact I, I have never oh. taken an Uber or a Lyft. Oh. I've only hailed caps, t- caps taxis, yeah. and I wonder if I do have to go somewhere after I'm off the air in the morning, because I haven't seen any cabs. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, well, how so am I going to get you anywhere? Can I, I give can... you a tip? Sure. Walk across the street to the Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Because they have a they have cabs waiting at a cab stand. At oh, the they Lowe's. have a taxi stand. Okay. Oh, or okay. any of the hotels sure. are now open yeah, too. Because so, now that the hotels no, are back okay. open, I can tell you there are now cabs back on the streets. Okay. And I've noticed them even on the expressways, oh, which is interesting. Okay. I just I just happened to notice okay. the cabs lately. So yeah, I think we're in good shape again. People are getting back out there now. My only concern about this merger. Yeah. Does that mean? Because I like to know that it's going to cost me $30 to get from my house to the airport. You want to know the price ahead of time. Because the cabs have a set rate. As a meter to the airport. Right. As a, a, yeah, um, as opposed to a meter running. So I want, I'm wondering, is this going to raise the prices for cabs now? Something's got to give. Yeah. I just, I don't like that. Oh, I see what you mean by that. Yeah. I mean, Uber doesn't have set rates, it's what it is. Right, they. I mean, they. But Uber tells you what it is, is before you get time, in. Right, but I a mean, a taxi you don't know. You, right. the, you have to watch the meter. Traffic could affect it. Thirty-five dollars to the airport is going to be thirty-five dollars to the airport at any time. Uber tends to go up and down during the time of day. Right, but you know what the price is before you get in the car. Yeah, but I know it's going to be thirty-five dollars. Maybe it's you know for the, for the shorter rides though you know I know we we uh we know that the uh, those electric scooters are coming back you know that's going to have an impact if you just need to go a short distance or is the, someone going to give me a ride on that scooter because uh, I'll take uh, that uh, two people on them there's a er <laughs> er rooms are just <laughs> waiting you for you have two people on well, when the you scooter. say scooter I'm thinking the one you stand on but are, yeah. is it the one yeah so they're not, they're not for two people I can stand on back I can oh, on the handlebars yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how I learned how to, you know, ride. Yeah, again, Chicago on the handlebars. ER docs are just like, well, just uh, <laughs> we'll schedule your room, no problem. We're going to be seeing you pretty soon. But uh, have you, I, I guess I saw something the other day, and I, I admit that I'm, I was like, I was curious about it, but then immediately thought, yeah, I would end up in the hospital. It looked like a skateboard, but it had one wheel in the middle. So imagine a skateboard, and it was electric. And the guy was riding it, so he's like riding a skateboard, but it's got one big wheel no, in the middle. Yeah. I could never do that. And and so like I think when you lean forward, it goes forward. You lean back, it slows down. And I was like, that looks like fun. And then immediately in my head, I, I fast forwarded thirty seconds later when I'm sprawled on the ground. Right when you, you know? hit a little crack in the sidewalk yeah. or the street. But uh, there's a, a that guy sounds out like there. surfing. Uh, like probably has an element of that. I would, Street I would surfing, guess. yeah. Street yeah. surfing. All the cool there kids are doing it. So <laughs> this guy though, I found this guy. He's got an electric unicycle. <laughs> really? What? An electric oh. unicycle. It goes up to 40 miles an hour. Wow. Ooh. I do not want to go 40 miles an hour on an electric unicycle. It's just you and a <laughs> wheel, basically, <laughs> flying along the road. Right. And you don't... Well, I think it's probably a little bit easier because you don't have to pedal. So you just stand there, right? And I think you can get your balance a little bit better. <laughs> you think- I, I'm just making that up. I have no idea. And I would never try it. <laughs> Again. But I will say, if you have an electric scooter, you're in good shape this year, right? With the gas prices? 
You're, you're giggling yeah. all the way, right? Oh, gosh, you're giggling, giggling all the way to wherever you need to plug it in. Certainly might be one of the reasons why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do it for you right now. Well, human beings, despite our penchant for drama, are exceptionally resilient creatures and able to find the silver lining in almost everything. A recent study from Harvard and Stanford asked Americans what they consider to be the upsides of the COVID pandemic. Researchers grouped words and themes together to find the most common silver linings. So, number one, quality time with loved ones, including the kids are helping around the house much more, I'm in touch with family who live far away, or... My husband and I taking more walks, resulting in more together time. The second silver lining was life slowed down. I could do things calmly without FOMO. Number three, community coming together, not just in terms of the local community, but seeing communities come together all over the world. Other benefits included having a more flexible work schedule, developing greater health literacy, and feelings of gratitude. You can read more positive pandemic news at Frontiers in Psychology. I all could use a little bit of that. Thank you for restoring faith in humanity, Judy. Also, hey, thanks a lot to MG and the Posse and Mission Control. They hit all the buttons and they make things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda, sitting on the other side of the double pane, bulletproof glass. Our DJ, Tom Hush. Your mouth over there, working the ones and twos all morning long. And Nick Gale, who's sticking around to deliver you the the news, the traffic. You're going to need some help with traffic today. And the weather. You won't believe what's coming. It's all up next right here on 890 WLS.